Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? It's me, Egbert, once again. I'm the new owner of this station. I went out and hired the best talk radio consultant, Jeff Allen from News Talk STL, and told him to hire the worst talent he could find. Jeff did exactly as I told him. Ladies and gentlemen, here are Brad and John. Boy, that guy's got lots of love for us, doesn't he? I, you know, I don't know what his love language is, but <laughs> but I'd, I'd like to know. It might be it might be money. It might be fame. You know, who I, knows what it is? I read something just the other day that they that debunked the whole love language thing. They said that that really wasn't the case. That those weren't they, that they were. It's different. You know what I'm talking about? When it, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when, but I think I mean it, it's always just been a theory, right? Like it's not like it's not like gravity where you say that <laughs> that your love language is a fact. Well, it's fascinating What's to your me. Love language, there, Brad. My love language is is uh, used cars. That's what my <laughs> <laughs> you 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 want to. my love language is a car that someone says. It's been sitting in my driveway for three years, and it won't start. It's a little old lady. Let me interrupt. It's a little old lady who says, it only has a few miles on oh, it, no, but no, I no. can't drive it out of my driveway. No, no, no. Most of most of mine have like 300,000 miles on it, and, oh, okay. and and it's not an old lady. It's somebody that says, like, my husband wants me to get rid of this car. That's the last one I got. My husband wants to get rid of this car. It's been sitting in the driveway for two years. And it's yours if you pay for the tow truck. Oh, fine. I'll get it. <laughs> so, you know, clean title the whole bit. No, um, it's fascinating when you get books like that because of the fact that, that certain books that hit. Like, for example, I I think the the one that I was found fascinating was, you're probably too young for this, uh, In Search of Excellence. You know who I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I haven't read it, but Tom, I've heard of it. Tom Peters. Tom Peters okay. set the business world on on its ear where everybody had, you know, in search of excellence, you're trying to run an excellent company. Everything was just perfect, blah, 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 blah. And then he came out with a couple more books. And then like his third or fourth book was Thriving on Chaos. And everybody went, huh? You know, because it was sort of the idea that that the idea was you want a disgruntled employee, you want some guy who's always complaining, you want someone who's who's you know uh, you want the the fact that that there's a fire in the in the warehouse on Tuesday morning, you want that because it makes you a better leader and makes you a better company, and that's when Tom Peters' star started to not shine as bright because people are going like, okay, he's jumped the shark on this one, but anyway. But don't. But you would agree with that though, Brad, wouldn't you? I, I look. I I have to tell. Yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a big one on that. I'm I'm on the guy. Chaos, yeah, I mean I'm, that's how. If you don't have the the somebody kicking the tires of your process or throwing a monkey wrench in there, how strong is your process? Well, you, you the problem you run into is I'm the guy that they talk about the disruptors right now in business. The the, the yep. Elon Musk and people like that. The big word is disruption. Okay, and essentially what they're talking about is you take an industry that's been the same for a long, 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 long time. Which if you look at the car industry, the car industry had three big. This is like pre. Uh, this is like back from uh, you know like from the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and into the early 60s. 
70s, because the early 70s is a distinction we have to make because that's when some interesting things happen. But there were three companies that ruled the automotive industry. It was Ford, Chrysler, and, and, and General Motors. And the, they made all the cars. And, and if you didn't like, you know, the, the Ford. You were out of luck. Right. Like if, those are your if you didn't want to buy a big, a big boat, you know, you couldn't find a small, compact car. And then all of a sudden we had the fuel crisis. And all of a sudden they started importing some of these cars. That, Little Japanese cars. Right. And small Japanese cars. cars. Toyotas and Hondas were the first ones. As a matter of fact, it's funny. To this day, my son bought a, a Toyota from, uh, frankly, to Honda. And they have one of the very first Hondas that was imported into the United States sitting in the showroom. It's, it's restored. It's pretty cool. And if you go out and look at it, compared to today's cars, compared to a Honda of today's car, it looks like a go-kart. It's a little tiny thing. And it's wow, it's interesting yeah. how the even the Japanese cars have gotten bigger through the years. I mean, like for example, even in the pickup trucks, used to be you know like if you go back the, the, when Toyota first you know started importing, they had like the little Toyota SR5. I don't even know what they called it. It was something else. I think it was just SR5. There was a little pickup truck. Now their quote unquote little pickup truck at Tacoma. If you put that up against a full size truck, it doesn't look that small. But back in the day, the little mini trucks were a little tiny. Anyway, the disruptive thing was that's what. What, that's what uh, Elon Musk has done. And yep. uh, essentially what you have is, and I said this all along, the Internet has probably been the biggest disruptor because everything has changed because of the Internet. I mean, like, like for example, I ordered, uh, you know, I ordered, I haven't done this before. I'm a freak for Little Caesar's Crazy Bread. And the problem I have is that if you show up, sometimes they have it ready, sometimes they don't. As a matter of fact, the, not the last night, but twice two times ago when i showed up for um you know uh, i showed up the guy said to me he says it'll be 20 minutes because i've got the oven full filled with pizzas and i go fine well 20 minutes turned into 30 minutes so i decided to download the app for little caesars and a little bit clunky but actually worked out okay but once again i can sit in my in my house pull up my app you know, I can say, okay, I'm ordering crazy bread at Little Caesars. It'll tell me when it's in the oven. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it gives me a graphical thing that shows, okay, your your crazy bread just went in the oven. And, you know, then it'll say it'll be ready in, 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 in you know, it's 7.18. And I get in my car and I drive and, and uh, you know, the app says, okay, it's coming out of the oven. And I pull into the parking lot and it says, and, and they have this deal where then when it's done, they have what they call the pizza portal. And it's this machine that looks like a big refri a refrigerator, but it's got like small little doors on it. And what you do is when, when your pizza's done or your crazy bread's done, it gives you a code number and you punch this into this keyboard on the pizza portal and the door opens for your pizza or your crazy bread is and you take it out and you leave. It's sort of cool. And yeah, I'm yeah, and I mean that's that's reminiscent of what you have if you walk into a Schnooks or a Deerberg's, and the you know you could go to your little food locker, or I guess Walmart has them too. You could go to your locker and just pull the stuff out that you need, or God forbid you'd have to come in the in, in the place, and then they could they could just come out and put it in your trunk for you. We've gotten so lazy. People have gotten so lazy. And we have. It's amazing that that everybody doesn't weigh 400 pounds because you know there's more and more. Well, stuff. I don't know, Brad. Have you been to Walmart lately? Have you watched a Democratic <laughs> rally at the state capitol? Have you seen some of those people? <laughs> well, sometimes the Republicans aren't too much better, to be honest with well, you. Well, they're, they're yeah, <laughs> but I think per capita our number of obesity scooters 
voters at a right-wing rally is less than that of the Democrats. Wow, listen to you. There's there's some research there, right? And, <laughs> there's whoa. some firsthand. I, 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 I go to a few places and I see a few pictures. Brad. Now, John, you're going to pick tick people off when you call them obesity scooters because what about the old people that can't walk that well anymore? Yeah, no, th- no there are certainly people that have legitimate reasons for, you know, like if you break your ankle or if you're just old and you can't, you know, walk as well as like me. I mean, we're all getting old, Brad, right? Right. Right. But then, when when you cho- when you when you're morbidly obese and you choose to continue to consume food, and then you get in my way in the aisle at Deerberg's, that's when we have a problem. Oh, heaven forbid that you get in the way of John Combest in, in the aisle at Deerberg's. Like, okay. Keep your, keep your scooter to the right. You know, like <laughs> right. leave a lane for people to walk through. <laughs> I hear it's you. just courtesy, Brad. Okay, Gene Carnahan story. Tell me if I get this correct. Once upon a time, we had a governor whose name was Mel Carnahan. And Correct. And you know who he defeated to become governor? Who did he defeat? A guy in the Democratic par- primary named Vince Shamel. Really? And Vince Shamel famously called Mel Carnahan the redneck from Rolla. The redneck from Rolla. Okay, so we had, and let me see if I get all these, these planets aligned here. We had Mel Carnahan was the governor who decided he wanted to run for Senate, okay? Correct. And at the time, the senator who's had that seat was... Are you asking me or telling me? Well, I my mind just went blank. <laughs> it's I, John Ashcroft. Now, where did where did hold it? Where did the where did the what's his face come in? Uh, the guy was the state the, the U.S. rep uh, who's now on uh, Jim Talent. Jim Talent wasn't he a senator for a while? Yeah, he was, but that's a little bit later in the timeline. Okay, but didn't didn't he defeat Gene Carnahan or something? He like did, that? yeah, in two thousand two. Okay. okay, so so Mel Carnahan was was the the. Um, the running, Democratic candidate. Democratic candidate. And he was running against, against John Ashcroft. John Ashcroft? The incumbent. John Ashcroft was the incumbent. Both of the men were, were, were former governors of Missouri. Well, so, Mel Carnahan was governor at the time. So he beat John Ashcroft out. Well, Correct. actually, he didn't. But he was killed in a plane crash. If I'm not mistaken, he was in a campaign event here in St. Louis area, wasn't he? Yeah, he yeah he was either coming to or leaving an event here. I think he was leaving. He and his top campaign aide and then his son... Uh, Randy Carnahan, right? Because right? Tom is still alive. He, they had four kids. Uh, Mel and Jean had four kids. Right, and they took off. I believe they were leaving. And there's all sorts of different. You know, if you go back and read the NTSB stuff, uh, they claim that it was partially pilot error, and they claim it was also there was instrument that malfunctioned. They were flying at night, and I believe they were flying in not so good weather. Yeah, um, I think so. And they crashed, and all of them were killed. So. Uh, Jean decided that she was going to, and Mel was still, wasn't that the way the deal? He was still on the ballot, but they he, decided. Yeah, it was too late. This was uh, mid-October. Right. So it was too late for Mel Carnahan to be removed from the ballot. Right. And the Carnahan team went to Jean and said, can you keep the seat warm for two years if you win? And she said yes. Oh, so no one hold it. Too white. Was she only in for two years? Yeah, the election was in, the election was in 2000. And then because she was appointed to fill the seat, I get the you. election came back up and and I get you. In, in, other, in other words, in other words, yep. because of the fact that 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 she was she was essentially because uh, it she wasn't on the ballot, so they deemed that to Correct. be right. a a temporary substitution. So if she won and she only got a two year term, that's correct. Yep. And then Missourians unelected her, and I don't mean to be rude or ugly here, but when Missourians had a chance to vote for their senator. They chose Jim Talent over Gene Carnahan. Right, 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 right. I knew that. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying that's what happened. So now, and you worked for John Ashcroft once upon a time. I did, yeah. So when the whole thing happened, I worked. I was the the most entry of entry level staffers for uh, John Ashcroft, 
in the St. Louis district office and my territory was Northeast Missouri. So I say that I was essentially the, the Maytag repairman. I would set up camp in 16 <laughs> different counties throughout Northeast Missouri and have open forums where people come in and yell at me and tell me how much they hated John Ashcroft and how much he sucked. And uh, I would sit there because I wasn't working for the campaign, but I would, you know, be, be a punching bag when people were mad and then come back to the office and, and uh, highlight some of the some of the feedback from Missouri constituents. And uh, yeah, that was my job. Were they really mad at you? I mean, were they really mad? There, there were, there, there were. Uh, I would say, I mean, I'm being a little bit over the top for effect, but it was, it was an opportunity for people to come in that had, most importantly, that had constituent service issues. So if somebody wasn't getting their social security check, or somebody was had a problem with even their local government, they would come in, and you know, they look. Most folks are just looking for somebody to help them out of a situation. Um, in most cases, the reason why I stole the, the phrase Maytag repairman from a man who's no longer with us named Spence Jackson, who did the same type of job for John Ashcroft back in the day. And, uh, you know, you would mostly set up in these county courthouses and nobody would want to come to talk to you. And you would have, you know, the opportunity to read the local newspaper. But folks would come in and, and you know, I did a good job, I think, of reminding people that, you know, I wasn't there to represent the campaign. So if they wanted to dump on Mel Carnahan, I wasn't there to rally the troops, you know. So you uh, had you had the opposing can- candidates uh, fans show up to yell at you at, uh, with some at times. I mean, there there would be Democrats who would, I, I, and I shouldn't say that anybody was too rude, but you know, um, if you represent a Democrat or a Republican and you go anywhere and people know that you're there, people are going to come in and you know maybe give you a hard time here and there. By the way, for the most part, it was just a wonderful experience. I would have never gotten to see the parts of Missouri. I would have never had occasion to go to the parts of the state that I had a, a chance to go to. But to, to, to take the focus away from me and back, back to, to the Carnahan folks, I, yeah, I, I worked there and I have a unique story about what happened that day that, that the plane went down. My boss at the time, was the district director, and I, I won't mention his name, but folks could probably figure it out. And he called myself and another gentleman from the office into our boss's office, and he said, hey, I'm, I'm leaving this office for a few weeks to go work on the campaign. He said, and this is verbatim, my job is to give Mel Carnahan his third and final heart attack. And we all laughed because it was a punchline, and I, don't, I doubt Mel Carnahan had actually had any heart attacks previous to that. But it was you know, a tongue-in-cheek reference of he was, he was going to the campaign to, to help work on campaign commercials and opposition stuff. And that night, the governor's plane went down, and uh, that joke didn't, wasn't nearly as funny you know, 12 hours later as it was when he delivered it in the morning. Wow, that's, that's a weird situation there. It is, and you know the other gentleman who was in the office with me when that comment was made? Who's that? Mark Parkinson, who ended up becoming a state representative in, in, in St. Charles County. Really? Yeah, Mark worked. Mark was the Mark started as the um, administrative assistant. We shared him with Senator Kit Bond. Ashcroft and Bond had their offices together throughout the state for efficiency purposes. And Mark was Mark was our admin essentially, and schedule did some scheduling. And then, you know, Mark worked his way up and became a field representative and, and had ascending positions of responsibility throughout Kit Bond's office and then went on to become a state rep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Last couple minutes of this segment. Um, I was listening this morning to another radio station, I'll be honest with you, I was listening to Mark Cox in 97.1. 
Mm-hmm. And apparently there was a rally in Jefferson City yesterday for the initiative, uh, the IP thing, the initiative proposal dealy. Are you familiar with yep, this? Yep, there was, yeah, that was the, the Freedom Caucus had one, and then the pro-choice people had another one. Right. And essentially, if you don't know what we're talking about, this is the whole thing is that they're trying to change the rules, essentially the law in the state of Missouri. Right now, it's fairly easy to get a, you know, you can look at the marijuana thing, uh, to get the Constitution changed. What you do is you send out people to get the, uh, you know, uh, signatures on a petition and then essentially you file that with the secretary of state then it goes on the the uh, the, the ballot in one of the elections and if you get 50 uh, and i heard another interesting thing from clay travis yesterday 50 and a feather have you ever heard this term before yeah today denny hoskins said 50 percent plus one vote what? But that? But he was referred to. He Fifty says, and a feather is, is is a witty way to say it. Yes, yeah. legally, it's 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 they say that's fifty and a feather, and essentially they say that's too easy uh, uh, too easy to change. Now, what I didn't realize was I thought they were going to change it to sixty percent, but they've got this what I think is this convoluted method. You know what I'm talking about? About concurrent majority. Well, you have to have it has to have fifty plus one in X amount in five of, of the, eight congressional districts. Right, in yeah. five of the congressional districts. Yeah, that's or, the concurrent uh, majority proposal. Or yeah. in so many of the the uh, the you uh, the the state representative districts. Yeah, the U.S. representative districts. I thought it was the state. No, no, no. no it's, it was, it's not state rep. It's the congressional districts. Well, but there was there was two of them. He gave it was. He said the congressional districts, and then he gave. Either the the state senate or the state rep districts. I haven't heard of that. If that's a proposal, I haven't heard of it. You could be right. I haven't heard of that. Well, the, the, the ones that I've heard of, and the idea is that in the congressional districts, if you make in congressional districts, right now you could just gather signatures in St. Louis City and Kansas City and get on the ballot. Right, right. And you could probably pass, if it's liberal-leaning or left-leaning yep. legislation or, or constitutional amendment, you could probably pass it just by getting enough people in Kansas City and St. Louis Metro because— and, and even nowadays, I guess even Columbia as well, too. But Correct. the rest of the state is pretty much red, whereas obviously KC, uh, KC Metro, St. Louis Metro, except for St. Charles County. Yeah, minority, a, minority areas. Right, right. It's the same way in Kansas City. You've got Correct. you've got the core area. You've got Kansas City, you know, can, you know the, the city of Kansas City, and then Jackson County. And then right across the border in Johnson County is just the opposite. It's, it's very Republican, the whole bit. Correct. But they were talking about this. There's a June election? Did you know about this? No, I, I, I not, I'm not familiar with anything that's going to be on the ballot in June. Well, did you even know there was a June election? Yeah, municipal. Yeah, there can be, there can be elections, and we've had elections in June before. Well, but there's an April election, which is usually the Muni election, which is right. the school board and and. Maryland. And then in some municipalities, you have a March election and an April election. God, too many elections. You know. There's, there's a hey, but you know what, Brad? We should get election day off, right? <laughs> Isn't that a holiday? I thought election day was a holiday, Brad. Don't go there, John. <laughs> we, we have we have too many holidays. I like to tease you right before break, well, Brad. See, see, what we need to do is we need to repurpose one of the holidays we have right now, which is goofy, and make it election day. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, in other words, you're saying Christmas. You know, <laughs> I I would say yes for that, but and I would truly mean yes for that, but I would get too many people who would, who would just like I can't believe he said that. That's a that's a holy hey, holiday. Hey, that's the price you pay for being a disruptor, Brad. Uh, you know, 
the crazy thing about this is that we have gotten so lazy. You go back 100 years and you wanted to vote, you showed up on election day. You didn't mail yep. in a ballot. You didn't, you know, you didn't do any of that kind of stuff. You didn't show up at the, at the Board of Election Commission officers two weeks before the election. You showed up on election day and you voted, you know? You I mean, did, but you know what? That discriminated against people who didn't have a horse or a Model <laughs> T. It discriminated against people who, you know, might not have had legs, Brad. And they didn't even have mobility. They didn't even have mobility slash obesity scooters then, Brad. How are you supposed to get in the polling place? You used to, they used to have steps back in the day, Brad. John's. Why don't you show a little bit more compassion? John's stirring the pot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. They, you know, now the <laughs> now the buildings have to be a. a, a uh, disability accessible and back in the day you go into any of the buildings they got 14,000 steps to go up to the building right <laughs> that's right. okay because remember they talked about the courthouse steps and there was a reason for that because all courthouses sat above ground like that yeah okay we yeah. have to take a break at 743 thanks for checking out the Brad and John show podcast this segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest book stalking harassment internet trolling a guide to recovering and rebuilding after online attacks it's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of The Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? 